yeah, I, I, I like talking. So, um, about the spiritual stuff and things and my experiences and, um, I'm, I'm a channel for the Pleiadians. So I love sharing their information. A lot of people haven't heard of them, but the Pleiadians are similar to archangels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A collection of stories. Land over Legend Studios presents. All right. So who actually gave you that name, if you don't mind me asking? Well, um, it's a bit woo-woo. And believe it or not, I was actually meditating with a tree. And the tree gave me the name Soma. And then I came up to Google what it meant, because I had no idea. I'd never heard of it before. And then my guides were talking to me as I was Googling Soma. And then they, my guides gave me a Ra. So it became Soma Ara. Okay. So you actually got that after meditating. That's dope. Yeah. Soma Ara. I would like to thank you for joining me on this today's edition of the I Can't Make This Up podcast. Uh, I appreciate you for taking the time out and, you know, blessing me with your grace. And I really hope you enjoy yourself today. Thank you, Terrence. I'm really looking forward to, to being here and connecting with you and just chatting and talking and it's lovely to to meet you Uh, same as well here so uh why don't you introduce yourself to my audience if you don't mind okay sure well i'm so maral i am a psychic medium uh, a channel for the pleiadians since childhood and I do um, quite a lot, quite a few things. I do healing, I do Reiki, I do the psychic, I do mediumship, and I also channel the Pleiadians. And most people haven't heard of the Pleiadians, but I like to keep things simple. And so I always describe them as being similar to archangels when people haven't heard of them before, just to keep things simple. Okay, so if you don't mind, uh, give me a little bit uh, about your childhood and coming up and discovering your gift. Well, I've I've always had, I've never been normal. I've always had a very unusual life right from the get-go, right from my birth. I had an unusual birth. I had an unusual childhood. I had um, an extreme amount of trauma as a child. And I grew up in London, in the East End, which would be similar to the equivalent of the Bronx. And I had a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse, um, poverty, neglect, alcoholic mum, was raped at the age of 12, became pregnant, lost the baby. Um, and at the same time, I was on, on one hand, I was having these horrific traumatic experiences but then on the other hand at the same time kind of coinciding with the the traumatic experiences I was having um, very lucid spiritual experiences with spirits with my guides with my granddad with nature spirits with mostly my guides singing to me and talking to me and giving me information and 
a prime example of that is I was eight years old and I had my mum's boyfriend laying on top of me and who was drunk and, and stunk of whiskey. And he was a big, heavy guy and he was laying on top of me and I was underfed, undernourished and I was eight and I was very skinny, underweight, undernutrition, um, you know, I wasn't eating enough um, food and I couldn't breathe. I literally couldn't breathe and I left my body and the Pleiadians connected with me and um, that lasted for a few minutes and then I was back in my body. And I'd always remembered the abuse of that of that day, but I'd forgotten that I left my body and connected with the Pleiadians. And it was years later when I was doing a shamanic course in Ireland that I began to, over a number of years, three years I was doing the courses um, with Paul O'Halloran, who's an amazing shaman in Ireland. And I began to have memories during ayahuasca and ceremonies of of the of leaving my body as I was being abused, and that 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 was an occurrence for me throughout my childhood, right up until the age of, um, I guess, sixteen. And th- there's one experience I'd really like to share with you, where I was um, I was on the verge of committing suicide, and I was twelve. And I mean, my 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 childhood really was extreme. It wasn't the normal, you know go to school and and come home and do homework childhood and none of my life has actually been a normal life and and I've always longed for that I've always longed for the normal whatever that is you know um but I don't think I'm ever going to get it and I'm 47 now and it doesn't look like it's going to come anytime soon but I was 12 years old I was laying on my mattress on the floor because that's all I had and I'll never forget the layout of the room um, and I'll describe that in a minute, but I I got to a point, I was 12 years old, and I'd been abused since I was in the cot, since I'd been in the cot, and I was actually born in South Africa, and we moved to, back, we moved to Ireland, and then we moved to London eventually, where I grew up, but I was actually abused since I was in the cot, and I have a lot of blocked memories, most of them I, I, I don't remember from the age of about nine, I can remember things um but I do remember that one experience when I was eight so anyway sorry I'm kind of veering off subject there but I I, thanks Terence. <laughs> so I got to the point where I was 12 years old and I just wanted out I didn't want to talk to anyone I didn't want to know anything I didn't want to do anything I just was done I wanted out I didn't want to be here I didn't want to tell anyone, wasn't a cry for help. So I went into my room and I just cried my eyes out. I was, re- I was retching with, with emotion and tears and crying and, and snot and, and all of it. And, um, and the next thing I knew, uh, because I was deciding on taking tablets, and the next thing I knew, I was in the corner, the right-hand corner of my room, looking down on my body. And I went through a tunnel of lights and Jesus came to me. And took me on a very long journey for about three or four hours. I was gone and showed me um, my life and the karma that I had created and that that everything that I was experiencing was actually 
and this is hard for a lot of people to get but everything I was experiencing was in order for my own spiritual personal growth and that one day it would be okay um, and when he understood that I got it that I, I could see myself and my life journey and my experiences and my karma and that everything was divine that I had chosen it that I had come here to do this journey when he understood that I got it on a deep level then he showed me the bigger picture for humanity um, and then when I came back I was totally blissful for about three or four weeks and it gradually ebbed away but that experience really changed my life it changed my perspective and it changed me internally because when I came back, I was blissful in, in a very different state to how I was before I fell asleep or had the out-of-body experience. So it, it, it was a wake-up call for me, really. So at that moment when you fell asleep and you went on that journey, you, you kind of woken up. Uh, it was almost like a spiritual awakening. And you recognizing, you know, your life for what it is. And I guess uh, you found a new purpose through that. Yeah, that was a that was a huge experience for me. And it was very blissful, very extreme bliss, just pure bliss. And it really I saw things from a different perspective. I saw things from a higher perspective, from a from a blissful perspective that everything was perfect. And yes, the experiences I had were traumatic. And a lot of people have them. A lot of children have those experiences. And they don't talk about them, not until they're in adulthood. And sometimes not even then. So I'm not, I'm not dismissing the, how traumatic it was, because it was. But for me, with that experience, it gave me a different perspective. I, I was able to view it from, from a different perspective. So it gave me a different perspective, a different understanding. It, it put me into a state of bliss. It changed my, my whole understanding. It, it was, I guess you could call it a, a spiritual awakening where it, it was a huge, lesson for me a huge lesson and if it hadn't have been for that I, I would have taken tablets I wouldn't be here absolutely wouldn't be here no I mean it's it's almost like uh what's that saying um you gotta go through the worst to come out to the best version of yourself so you know thank god that that did happen and you're still able to be here with us today. And uh, so after that, um, where did life take you um, from that point? Well, um, I started meditating after that. And I would, I, I didn't go, I didn't have secondary schooling because I tried to go to the secondary school and the Pleiadians actually put a wall of energy in front of me. So I would get to the school and the, the, the school gates were huge. They were maybe 20, 30 feet across and, and as, as tall as well. 
and there were huge big black gates and they were wrought iron and I just used to go sometimes and stand in front of them and I wouldn't be able to move um there was like a wall of energy placed in front of me where I just couldn't move and I've had it since then I've sometimes been um almost involved in a car accident and then this this um, wall of energy will will come over me where I just can't move so I wasn't able to drive the car which was a good thing because if I had it I would have been in the accident but I was held in this vortex of energy where I couldn't move and that's another experience I had where I remembered in the shamanic courses that they had said for me to me word for the Pleiadians had said to me word for word we couldn't let you enter the school system because otherwise you would have been lost to us you would have been lost to us so I didn't have any secondary education in in in, in, in academia or anything I used to stay home and meditate which was very unusual for for a 12 year old but that's what I did and I would go to the library and I got all the books um all the books I could get, mostly the esoteric books. Um, and I would read those. I would just stay at home in my room and read, basically. And um, I did that from the age of 12 until 16. And then I left and became homeless in London and for, for a, a couple of months, I think, maybe a year, a couple of months or a year. Um, I wasn't sleeping rough. I was in hostels and things, so I'd never slept rough at that age. And then I got into drugs and drink and alcohol and was having crazy, crazy parties and a wild time. And then I came out of that scene um, in my early 20s and began healing, began going to spiritualist churches. And I kind of went on from there. So... um... Explain to me a, a, spirit, a spiritualist church. Um, I've heard of them, but I, I never actually attended myself. Oh, you should go, Terence. They're really great. Um, they're a great way to develop the psychic and the mediumship. And, um, yeah, they're a great way to connect in with loved ones in spirit as well. Most of them are run on donations or a very small fee. And, um, yeah, you should go. They're really great places to to begin um, connecting with spirit and loved ones and mediumship and psychic awareness. And most of them have, like, um, an open circle group and a closed group. An open circle is where it's open to everyone, and a closed group is where you have to get an invite. Okay. So at any point uh, along your journey at this time, did you ever have any misconceptions about uh, the spirits that was communicating with you? Like, were you ever fearful at any time, thinking that it might be something negative or anything like that? Um, <clears throat> not when I was younger, no. But as an adult, I have... Um, I've had negative experiences with negative spirit because they're, they're, you know, as above, so below when there's, when there's light, there's dark, when there's sweet, there's sour, when there's, there's anything that exists in the universe always has an opposite. So if there's angels, then there's demons. If there's good spirit, then there's bad spirit. There's always an opposite. Always. It's, it's a natural law. So 
I have had experiences with um, dark energies and dark spirits. Um, but, but I think that's been part of my learning because I'm learning to understand all the time about us, about spirit, about our nature of reality, about just everything. And the more I learn, the less I realise how much I know about anything. Okay. So in these, I'll say in the, you're after, on a, I guess you could say the second part of your life, after you, you know, joined the spiritual church, did it uh, give you an opportunity to, to travel and, you know, kind of get a different perspective on life by visiting, you know, different cities or anything like that? Yeah, I've had kind of different stages in my life where I've done very different things. Um, and it really has never been normal. And I've always craved that. I think I still probably do crave it. But I, I have spent a period traveling and backpacking around Europe and um, seeing different places. And um, I used to, I don't really go so much now to the spiritualist churches, but I used to go um, at least two or three times a week when I was going just to develop the mediumship side of things and the psychic awareness and everything. And they are great places to develop. Um, some of them can be quite clicky and I don't like that so much. Some of them are, there's a lot of jealousy there in some of them, not all of them, but some of them. Um, and I don't like the rules and regulations so much, but it is a great place to develop mediumship. Um with the, the travelling, yeah, I, I went on to travel and, and backpack for about a year, ended up, ended up living in Gibraltar. I had a beautiful flat, sharing a, a flat on the top of a, black of a block of flats in Gibraltar that overlooked um, Morocco and Spain. It was an amazing view, a beautiful view. I'll never forget it, that view. Um, and... Um, yeah, ended up marrying a, a Tibetan monk and living in London. And yeah, I've done quite a few unusual things. Okay, um, what was it like? Uh, what was it like being married to a monk? Um, I haven't met one, but I've uh, seen videos and, and read a lot about them. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> this is why I'm divorced. <laughs> Okay. Well, um, was it um, was it like something major that you know made your relationship fall apart, or was it a difference in belief, or what? Well, I, I'd previously become a Buddhist a couple of years before I married him. Um, I I was living in Edinburgh and attending spiritualist churches and everything, and um, I'd. I wanted to go for a little retreat and the nearest was nearest one from Edinburgh was in Isle of Arran, sorry, Holy Island, which was off the Isle of Arran. So you, you had to get to the mainland, which was um, a train ride. And then you had to get a bus to the big Island. And then you had to get a bus and a little ferry and a little ferry to the little Island, which was tiny. It took three hours to walk around the whole thing. And there was no traffic. There was no nothing. There was just a, a, this big retreat centre in Holy Island, which was a Buddhist retreat centre. 
and I planned to go for two weeks as a volunteer. And as I was packing, my guides had said to me, you're going for a lot longer than two weeks. And I kind of just said, yeah, okay, whatever. And um, I ended up staying for two years and I loved it. It really, um, really benefited. I really benefited a lot from it because I was still having, I still had a lot of um, anger because of my childhood and I was still suffering from depression at the time because of my childhood because depression is really anger that's that's pushed down um that's why it's depression you push down anger and other emotions that's what I found for me anyway so I ended up on Holy Island and a lot of my anger came out I was able to work through a lot of anger um which I wouldn't have been able to do in, in normal society. But I was living in a Buddhist um, centre and was allowed to be myself and allowed to be angry. So a lot of my stuff came up to the surface and I worked through that for a couple of years. But anyway, I stayed two years and I ended up becoming a, um, a Buddhist and I took my vows and shaved my hair. I was on, on, on the verge of becoming um, a Buddhist nun, and Annie. And I didn't. I Instead, I went off to Nepal and worked in a soup kitchen for homeless children, mostly, and also adults. So I did that for about a year, year and a half. And I met someone. I met a monk and ended up marrying him and then coming back to live in London. And so I got to see that I, I really I got to see that. Um, I mean, I don't normally share my personal stuff, but um, it's kind of coming up now. So I, I got, I kind of got to see that not all, I mean, he was a monk that had become a monk because he didn't have many other options. He was from rural Tibet and it was either a monk or poverty, you know, so he wasn't really given much of a choice, really. So he decided to become a monk. I don't think he was suited to monkhood. Um, his character was very questionable. Um, and he, he basically wasn't a very good person, let alone a good monk. You know, so I um, decided to leave and I left and went to Ireland and began channeling the Pleiadians, basically. That's dope. Uh, it sounds like you actually got to see, you know, quite a few beautiful places. Was there ever any uh, language barriers in the, the places you traveled to or even lived? Um, sometimes. But, you know, it, it's funny because you can communicate with someone without language. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's body language, there's facial expressions, there's um, hand movements. You can, I, I don't think I've ever had a problem really not being able to communicate with someone. You, you, can, get a, you can get across to someone, you know, what you're trying to, to express to them without, having, without speaking the same language, you, you know. Mm-hmm. You can eventually form some type of line of communication once you, you know, figure out what their, I guess you could say, rhythm or their, 
uh, understanding is of when it comes to you know communicating and everything. Uh, and so with all that, and you know, um, you experiencing different things and dealing with you know emotional past. Have you ever you know like uh, talked to like a therapist or anything like that, or is it something? you kind of strayed away from and decided to like figure it out yourself, you know? Well, I, from a young age, I, my guides would talk to me from a very young age, probably from when I was in the cops. So that was always my first port of call. And I would, it was them that I turned to. It was them that I talked to, um, to do with things like the, the trauma and the abuse and, and, the rape and the poverty and neglect and all of that stuff because I didn't really have anyone else to turn to. So it was always, spirit has always been my first port of call when I've got a problem. That's who I go to. So, and I really admire people that have gone through trauma and abuse and rape as children because I have no idea how they get through that um, without spirit. Because I, I, I wouldn't have got through it without spirit. Well, I think that you can't really uh, get over something, or I can't say to get over something. I mean, once you had your life, you know, shattered like that, it, it can be profound. But at the same time, it's it's something that, I, you know, most people would say that, you know, God doesn't put you through anything you can't handle. Not to saying that anyone deserves anything bad or negative to happen to them, but, you know, you really see who's strong after you listen to their stories and you compare it to someone who has an issue with, like, who's having car trouble or relationship issues, you know, like, there are people that are, you know, living on a few grains of rice a day and people complain about their food being cold or something like that. Like you really don't know what rough is until you've seen it or lived it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's really true. Terrence, you know, we, we, um, we don't realize how good we have it until we don't have it that good. You know, I'm, I remember, um, because, because I have had, you know, extreme poverty and, and not had food to eat in my childhood, I really appreciate food these days. and um, But forgiveness is a big key to it. It's a huge key. I remember there was a lady that had her, her son was murdered in London. It was a big international case years ago. And he'd been murdered. He was black and he'd been murdered by a, um, a group of evil white kids and he'd been stabbed to death and the mum had actually forgiven the people that did it she forgave them and you could really see when she was doing the interviews you could really see that she had forgiven them she'd really forgive I mean they'd taken her son away from her there's nothing worse than 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 losing than grief and losing a loved one and um she'd forgiven them and I think forgiveness is the key to healing the trauma it's key to healing trauma and yes we all go through little things like where our food is cold or the car doesn't work or the bus didn't show up or someone didn't turn up for an interview or a date or we we all get the little stuff as well 
and but we've all got different karmas we've all got different karma we've all got our own individual karma so sometimes we don't need to go through the big traumas we, we just need to go through the little things and that's okay as well there's nothing wrong with 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 going through the little stuff and, and having relationship issues and that's not even to say it's little stuff with relationship issues because it may be big lessons for us that we need to learn and I think whatever we need to learn is what we're learning because we need to learn it um I, I just think that that I think the whole thing is really beautiful of karma and choices and our soul contract I think is what I'm saying is beautiful our soul contract and half the time most people don't aren't even aware that it is a soul contract that we've made that we choose our parents that we choose our situation good or bad or indifferent we choose all of it before we get here and I think that's beautiful that we that we choose it and we get to choose it and I also believe in past lives as well and um and all of that stuff so yeah um, I'm, I'm sorry you were breaking up what did you say um i know the interview is most supposed to do with me but i'm interested in in hearing from you as well what what, what experiences have you had spirit you know spiritual ones or spiritual ones um as a child uh i dealt with uh moments where i felt like um like I was halfway asleep or I felt like I was, I was awake, but I couldn't move and my mind was talking and I was trying to move and people would say, you know, that's like uh, some type of spirit holding you down and trying to prevent you from doing something positive or something like that. And that kind of messed with me, you know, as a kid and, you know, it made me do some research and everything and, there's a scientific explanation to the things and, you know, there's a more, uh, you know, astrological approach to it. So, you know, when it comes to things like that, it's like, uh, who knows at the end of the day, what it was. My personal belief is, you know, um, seeing is believing. And also there's also some unexplainable things out here, you know, there are UFO sightings, and things like that, the pyramids, um, the fact that we haven't explored like 80% of the ocean, you know, so it's, it's up in the air, you know, for me. So, you know, until I, you know, set my eyes on it, or, you know, I've had that experience, I kind of just go with the flow of life, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's so much we don't know. I mean, like you were saying, we've only explored 80% um, of the world's oceans. And who knows what's down there in the, in the dark depths? And and I, and I guess you could say the same. Well, you could say the same thing for for space, mm -hmm. you know, and the universe. There is we we actually know nothing about anything when, when you think of it. Um, and I've had that experience as well that you were talking about, where you are awake but you just can't move. You can't move your body. Mm -hmm. I, I've had um, experiences like that when I when I first began to channel the Pleiadians, um, 
I was having those experiences and um, I, I really don't do things by halves, you know, I was saying, um, but the, so I was having these experiences while I was lying in bed and held in this, it was like the vortex of energy early on, it's similar, where I get held in this vortex of energy, but I was laying in bed and the, I couldn't move, my eyes were open, I was awake, I, was, I wasn't asleep. And, and for me, I don't believe it was sleep paralysis. Um, but I could hear this, this sound, this humming, this whirring, this whirling sound. And it was like a buzzing or a hum. And it got louder and louder and louder. And it got so loud that it was no longer outside of me. It was actually internal. It was inside me, this sound, this humming. And I couldn't move. And I felt something was about to happen and I don't know if it was good or bad but I just didn't want it to happen whether it was good or bad and I, my whole I couldn't open my mouth I couldn't do anything all I could move were my, my eyelids my eyes sorry and I was scream. my whole body screamed no so whatever was going to happen I stopped it from happening or it stopped happening because I didn't I didn't want to go there I didn't know what it was I didn't know if I was going up into a craft because they often, people often, when, so when I channel the Pleiadians, I often get this sound, this whirring, this humming to some degree. And I think at the time I was just having it to a high degree where I was going to go into, be taken into a ship or a craft or something. And I think that sound, that humming is to do with UFO frequencies do with alien frequencies whether it's technology or energy or whatever it is there's off because it's so often commonly reported that there's a humming there's a, a whirring there's a frequency there's a buzzing there's a sound when people have experiences of being taken or ufos or sightings or abductions there's a connection between um both, both positive and negative aliens um with the sounds the humming so have you ever had the, the, the sound? Not that I could remember. Uh, nothing that definitive. And I mean, there's been, I've met people who have, you know, sworn that they have seen like a, a ship in the sky that was there one second and then kind of, I don't want to say color shifted, but then started to blend in with the sky, you know? Um, as far as I know, um, you know, seeing is believing, but in my personal experience, I don't think that the stories uh, that we read or the movies that we saw are all made up, you know, um, you know, mankind is very creative, but a lot of stuff is, you know, from experience, you know, whether the details change or not, you know, so yes, I do believe in life outside this planet. I just, I can't prove it because at this point it's, it's, you know, spectral, uh, you know, at this point, you know. Yeah, there's so, I mean, there's so much we don't know. And you, there's a lot of different aspects there to what you're speaking, but also there is the, um, Greg Braden, one of the, the major scientists, um, has discovered that our DNA is um, has 
been made, has been engineered. We un, we un, we're, it's not possible that we were created naturally or that we just suddenly evolved naturally. It's been proven now through science that our DNA was engineered, was manipulated, was changed at a certain point in history, which is, which is, could only have been done by, um, deliberately could only have been done deliberately so there's so much that we don't know and and there's you know our whole history of, of what we're taught our whole everything that we're taught in school is a complete lie you know everything is the opposite of what we're told even coming down to the very basic stuff like auras which are the scientific term would be electromagnetic energy field and um so everything, everything we're taught is a lie and the very opposite is true. But then also with their science fiction movies, you know, they do that on purpose because the, the, the science fiction movies are actually science facts. And most of the movies that are like that are based on, you know, there's a lot of truth in it, a lot of truth. When you look at films like or series like Star Trek and um, or um what's the other one avatar avatar a lot of them are, are based on science fact and made into films because the truth is so unbelievable that that most people don't believe it because they've been conditioned and dumbed down through the school system on purpose deliberately to to believe one thing when the very opposite is true so we've been We've been lied to on a mass scale. We've been hoodwinked. We've been led down the garden path. We've been deceived. We've been manipulated. We've been lied to on a mass scale. And it starts in the school systems. Um, and I, I was very lucky, very fortunate that the Pleiadians kept me out of the school system. And they did say to me, because you would have been lost to us. You would have been lost to us. I would have ended up being conditioned and dumbed down and manipulated and controlled like all the other kids. And... Um, whether they were black, white, Hispanic, or whatever, you know. Um, but one thing I got from my childhood that I always really value, the, probably the only thing, is that I grew up in an environment where uh, within the school system, within my secondary school system, I was probably the only white kid there. And I've always been so grateful for that because it gave me a different perspective of other cultures, other colours, other creeds, other religions. Be taking into the fact that my stepdad was white and very racist to the point of having a low IQ. I mean, the guy was a complete idiot. And um, so I, I that was one thing that the positive thing that that I can take from my childhood, as well as the spiritual stuff. Um was growing up in, in, in an environment that that had so many different beautiful colorful people and cultures and races and nationalities and creeds and religions it was like a mixing pot of everyone you know mm-hmm. and I loved it I loved that aspect of it so are you still in contact with any of your friends from school Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm assuming from your your laugh or your response, that was by choice. Yeah. 
yeah i mean there would have been i often think of them um i remember my first boy boyfriend was um a big black guy with a big nose and he was beautiful and he used to he he used to he wasn't really i mean i called him my boyfriend but he used to nick my lunch money <laughs> wow so he was called he was called big nose alistair but he was such a beautiful guy like he, had, he just had a beautiful spirit and um yeah, yeah, there are. Then there was a, a, another boy that I used to play um, chess with in my secondary school. So there are one or two people, maybe three or four people that I would have liked to have kept touch with from my primary school, um, which was my second primary school in Dalston called Princess May, which was a lovely school, you know, beautiful teachers. And because uh, my mum had to take me out of my first primary school because I was getting bullied like nothing you know and um like terribly bullied and they just didn't like me they thought I was weird and I had a witch as a mum which was probably quite true but um I really got bullied for it so she, and I got beaten up by a little boy um about the same age as me who was really tough and so she put me into a different set, uh, primary school which was like half an hour down the road in Dal- Dalston it was and um so there's, uh, yeah, but, you know, when I left, I mean, I had such a terrible childhood. When I left, when I was 16, and I didn't want I didn't want anything to do with anyone, you know, even my own family for a while. And um, just walked away from all of it. I, you know, it was so dysfunctional. It was so poverty. It was so racist. It was so, I just didn't want to be in that energy. I didn't belong to that energy. I wasn't coming from that space. I wasn't... That, that wasn't me. I couldn't be any further from that kind of dysfunction, racism, you know, it, low IQ energy, harsh. I always call that type of energy harsh energy. It's like a, a lower lower vibration. It's, yeah. So I, I walked away. I didn't want anything to do with anyone or any of that stuff, although there are people I would have liked to have kept in touch with. Okay. So, you know, over the past couple, I'll say, let's say the last 10 years, um, life has done 360 after 360 on an international scale, and things just aren't the same. We have, you know, great advancements in technology and uh, some of it benefiting the, uh, the, the health field and things of that nature. You see growth in uh you know, kids actually going to college and things like that. Um, how is it there in Portsmouth? And, you know, in your opinion, from 2019 till now, how much have things changed outside of just, you know, everyone going through this global pandemic? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, Terrence. I think the world has completely changed. I think it's upside down, back to front. I think it's nothing like it was, it's, and we're not going back to it. I think everything is changing. I think everything needs to change. I think everything is being is crumbling down around us. Our governments, our food, our education, our petrol, our... I mean, petrol's kind of a, not in that group, but everything is falling away. Everything is falling away, and people are either going with the flow and handling it 
or they're getting very depressed and suicidal and they're not handling it and they're choosing to opt out. And we are in, in the we are in the precipice of humanity changing. We are in the great awakening of humanity and a consciousness, a mass consciousness awakening. I mean, this is epic. What we're going through has never happened before on Earth. And it probably will never happen again, not in the way that it's happening now with given our technology and that we are able to, that you and I, you know, all of us are able to connect from the other side of the world at any time of day, pushing a few buttons on, on, a, on a machine, you know, on a flat piece of equipment and laptop. But so, so we've never had a time period that we're in at the moment. And my guides, the Pleiadians, often say to me that this is a reversal of what happened in Atlantis. So Atlantis, they were on the precipice of a mass awakening and it didn't go well because the negative agenda, the negative powers that be, um, was, were still in a place where they could manipulate them and, and dumb them down. But we today, this is the reversal of Atlantis, so we are in a space where we are going back to a time of Atlantis energy, or rather we are even leapfrogging over the time of Atlantis and how and our awareness, because we were very evolved beings in the time of Atlantis. We had a higher um, higher IQ. We had a higher everything. We were taller. We were illumined beings. Our DNA was origin, our original DNA before it had been changed. The earth was on her natural axis. And so so let me explain for, for the viewers that the time of Atlantis, the, a large meteor came in and hit the Earth and shook the Earth off her natural axis, causing great catastrophic events and lands to shift, which also created um, Antarctica at the time with, with all the covering of the ice and everything. So, and also negative ET energy came in and overthrew the Atlanteans, dumbed them down, manipulated our DNA, changed our DNA, severed our galactic connection where we were, because at the time everyone could communicate with um, star beings and, and cosmic beings from, from, from um, different planets and different star systems and suns and moons and, and wherever there's life in the universe, we were all able to communicate with each other. And the negative agenda that came in and overthrew the Atlanteans stopped our, through, through severing our DNA, severed our, sorry, let me rephrase that. So through changing our DNA, they severed our cosmic connection where we were able to communicate with all of us, were able to communicate with our galactic star being star brothers and now we are going into a time where the reversal of atlantis so we are and it's not even the reversal of atlantis because we are going beyond what we used to have um we used to have a higher iq we used to have a higher consciousness we used to have a higher dna we used to have higher everything even to the point of being taller um so we are going beyond that now, and that is what this time is about. The time on Earth at the moment is, is been written about, about in so many different prophecies and prophesied about, especially with the Rainbow Warrior people. 
who we are now. And, and we've been lied to on a mass scale, on a mass scale, and that there is no divide between white and black, between young and old, between, between us. We are each other. We are brothers and sisters. We have, there is one humanity. Um, there's a great meme on Facebook where you've got a Labrador in different various colours. I don't know if you've seen it, but you've got the beige, you've got the all like five or six different colours of the Labrador. And I think that's such a great meme because that really represents who we are. We are brothers and sisters. We are, and we need to unite. We need to unite. And that's critical for this time on earth at the moment because we are being run by negative ET energy. This is what I've been shown by the Pleiadians is that we are being, and I was shown this in 2009, and it took me a couple of years, a couple of years, because it was so profound to me that I, I did blew the socks off me, it blew my own beliefs out of the water. Because what they had said to me when I started channeling them in, in 2009 or around then is that everything we've been taught is a lie. And that all systems on earth are run by negative ET energy. All systems on earth are run by negative ET energy. And it took me a couple of years to process that because that includes governments, that includes big pharma, that includes military, that includes everyone at the top who's running the show, from millionaires to big pharma to governments to the military to the queen to, to everyone, every, every society on earth um, is run by negative ET energy. So it took me a while to, to, to process that information because that's a real game changer. Um, so the, 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 the principles that the negative agendas are working with is to divide us, put brother against brother, man against man, white against black, east against west, north against south, is to, is to keep the old negative energy, to keep it dumb, dumbed down, to keep it controlled, to keep it at war to keep it fighting with itself, rich against poor, young against old, black against white. And that's what they want. So we need to realize that we are all, we come from the same source. We bleed the same red color. We come from the same source. We are children of God. We have had so many thousands upon thousands, if not millions of lifetimes where we have been black, we have been white, we've been young, we've been old, we've been the victim, we've been the perpetrator, we've been the rich, richest of the rich, we've been the poorest of the poor, we've been the victim, we've been the perpetrator. There is nothing on this earth that we haven't experienced, that we haven't had lifetimes of. And sometimes it's been lifetime after lifetime after lifetime after lifetime of the same energy. Or, and then we've decided to change that and, and maybe step into a different energy for a lifetime or two or three or four. So we need to really recognize, really understand that we are children of God. We are, we are children of God and that there is no difference between us. And when we really get that and stop fighting each other, whether it's black against white or rich against poor or young against old or east against west or north against south or whatever it is it's bullshit excuse my french but it is and it's sad it's really sad to see that that people fighting against each other because 
of this color of the skin or because they're poor or because whatever reason it's bullshit it's complete bullshit that this nothing could be further of the truth we bleed the same we we shit the same you know i'm sorry for my language but it really gets to me that that that, that people can't see or some people can't see beyond the illusion because it's an illusion you know and it really gets to me because it's so sad that some people can't see that yeah yeah. i'm sorry go ahead no no i was just gonna say i'll I'll just pause there because i I could go on and on and on (laughs) you're fine uh soma uh i agree with you i think that on a mass scale uh, there are people who just want to blend in and, you know, do their nine to five, stay out of trouble, or at least that's what they consider staying out of trouble and, you know, just live life like it's, you know, like they're another number or whatever. And that's fine for them. But the individuals who actually see that there's a problem with the way things are going, you know, those are the, the heroes among society, people who actually see wrong recognize it and want to put a stop to it but when you have people who only who only want life to be under you know a classism society that's what holds every progress back to us you know getting to a point where there could actually be worldwide peace but it's almost like a a yin yang thing like you said earlier as above so below you can't have light without dark it's when the darkness is 75% of what's consuming what we, you know, call life. And that's what it seems like. And I don't think that anyone should, you know, give up on hope that life can be better there than what it is right now, because you can turn it around. Sometimes it takes patience. Sometimes it takes meditation. Sometimes it takes prayer, but it all takes time. And, you know, having someone or something to, you know, give you the strength to keep going and, you know, get past the dark times that you're going through right now. I think I think we are in an age of Aquarius where we are going from from dark to light. Everything is changing around us. And we're seeing that in, in not just in a spiritual sense, but we're seeing it in a very physical 3D way where where people, where normal people are now waking up and seeing that life is, or the world is not the way they thought it was. You know, it's, it's, it's life is not how, or the earth is not how they thought it was. And we're seeing that play out. So what what we're actually seeing play out is the very energy, is the very end of an era. It's the end of an energy. It's an end of politics as we know it. It's an end of it's to do with the um, 26,000 years alignment of, of stars lining up and, and the, 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 the universe is changing and learning and growing and adapting, as are we, um, which is to do with our galactic brothers and sisters, which would be beings like the Pleiadians and Syrians and, and because we are all connected and we used to have such a strong um, relationship and bond and connection with them. We used to, to even the normal lay people used to be able to um, 
have a dialogue, have a conversation with them in the past, and that was severed. So we we are, I mean, what's happening on Earth is beautiful. It's because it has such huge. Um, it, it, it's not limited to Earth. The whole universe is changing, and adapting, and creating itself anew, and consciousness is expanding. And we are seeing that play out on a very physical level in the in the 3D on Earth with everything that's going on and occurring with the masks and the vaccines and this and that. And some of it is unbelievable and, and unbuyable. You can't buy into it, you know, because it's so it's nonsense. And there is I mean, it, it really is a, a, a mass awakening of humanity, a mass awakening of humanity and there's been so many prophecies written about it and so much information but it is it's we are becoming illumined beings we are our frequency is changing our awareness is changing our consciousness is changing our dna is changing our blood is changing our hair is changing we are becoming evolved beings we are taking a step into evolution and this affects not only humans on earth but it affects the whole universe and our galactic brothers and sisters like the Pleiadians and Syrians and Arcturians and all the different different um, species that we have in living in the universe, which is one of the biggest lies we've been led to believe is that we are alone in the universe. Actually, everything is the opposite of what we've been taught in school. The very opposite is true. And the all systems on Earth, I've been told, are run by negative ET energy including royal families, including the politics in all countries, including the, the military, including the big farm, including the, the, the big um, supermarket chains, all the systems on earth, because the, the supermarkets are a, a, the system on earth, because they are so, they've been weaponized against us on a mass scale. There is nothing you can buy in a supermarket these days, nothing that is not contaminated or with chemicals or poisoned or um, toxins and poisons in the food, in the water, in the soil. Everything has been um, weaponized against us. So the so all of that is falling away and coming down, which is why we're seeing we'll see food shortages, which is why we'll see water shortages, because everything is falling away. Everything needs to crumble everything needs to burn up to to fall at our feet for us to see the truth for for on a mass scale for the normal people to see the truth on a mass scale it needs to be blatantly blatantly um visible for for the, for the for the lay people for the normal people to see who aren't awake who aren't aware who aren't psychic who aren't mediums who are just normal average everyday joe down the road who has no awareness or, or believes himself to have no awareness or psychic ability or mediumship or believes himself to have no awareness of anything things need to get so bad that that person joe down the road needs to be aware that something is going on here so it needs to be extreme they all they say it's always darkest before the dawn it's always darkest before the dawn um, so, I mean, it's beautiful the time on Earth that we're going through now because of the mass scale of 
that it's going to create in the universe. And it is a mass scale of, it's not a little thing. It's not restricted to earth. Having said that, it is, it's painful to witness people's reaction to it and people's pain in it, especially when you've got so many people committing suicide or losing their homes or becoming bankrupt or in depression or in suicide or, or, or in the negative states of mind because they're not seeing or feeling or sensing or knowing the bigger picture, that everything is actually designed to be this way. And we designed it this way. We chose on a, on a soul level, on a higher level, to, to come here to witness this, to be part of it, to be game changers, to speak up and say, this is not okay what's been happening on earth for, for millions, for thousands of years, millions of years that we've been ruled by negative alien um, beings. But that's really been what's been going on. And I know that how that crazy that sounds. I really do. Because I was one of those people that um, that actually laughed at that. The first time I heard the queen was an alien or reptilian, I, I laughed. Um, so I, 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 know, I know how crazy that sounds. But... It, it, you know, when you go into this stuff and you start doing research and you, and you go down the rabbit hole, it is endless. It's Pandora's box. It's never ending. Nothing is, is the way we thought it was. We, we have been asleep as a human race. Humanity has been asleep for, for such a long time. And now we are waking up on a mass scale. And it is painful. It is a bloody birth. It is a painful birth. It is agony for some people. And it doesn't have to be that way. You know, if we can just step into ourselves and our center and come from the heart and find that space in you, because we all have that space in us. And it's part of or an aspect of the soul space that you can step into um, where you are untouchable. And I, I guess I did this as a kid with the abuse, I would step into this space that was where no one could touch me. Mentally or emotionally, like there was a part of me that no one could get to, that, that, that you probably would call, or people would call a soul aspect, where it's quiet, it's peaceful, it's blissful, it's, it doesn't need any words, it's you, it's your spirit. Step into your spirit, step into your heart energy. And that's how we actually get through these times on earth now, by stepping into the heart energy, into the love frequency, which is actually measurable. And if it's measurable, it means you can step into it and step out of it, which is something that the negative agenda doesn't want us to, to do. Because if we were to do that en masse, things would change in an instant, in a second, in a nanosecond, globally around the earth there would be a shock wave of love and light and that is a game changer that is why the negative agenda keeps us in or wants to keep us in warring against each other whatever the excuse is whether it's racism or poverty or war or religion or whatever it is um because all those all those um, strings that they play are all played by the same people at the top. 
there's not many of them at the top. And um, yeah. Sorry, Terence. I could just, just <laughs> talk and talk and talk. No, you no need to apologize. You're fine. Uh, you know, I always give my guests the freedom to speak their mind, uh, you know, to whatever that that may be. So please, uh, no need to apologize. Uh I did want to ask, so it's it's incredible the way that you uh perceive things and you have an understanding of you know what's on the other side of the veil that everyday people you know are even aren't privy to or they don't you know really care to know because they kind of you know want to walk the path that they're walking and that's fine um what's what's everyday um now like for you um, as far as, you know, being in, you know, uh, your city and everything like that, uh, like, I'm assuming that you, you probably work from home, uh, due to, <clears throat> you know, everything that's going on in the world. And like you, like we mentioned earlier, it's probably not that much human contact outside of, you know, virtual, you know, meetings and things like that. Well, I, um, the UK is quite strict, the, the, um, but I've always thought that the UK is quite it has a lot of rules and regulations um, compared to some other to some of the other countries. Ireland is more of a relaxed, or, or used to be more of a relaxed kind of older, worldly. Um, going back to our granny's era, and that's kind of still like that, although it's changed in the last couple of years drastically. Where they, the negative agenda has a huge hold over people in Ireland, but in the UK, in the area I'm living in, in Portsmouth, in um, in the south, um, people are just living their lives, you know. And a lot of people are still wearing masks. The majority are not in my area, um, but people are just going about their their daily lives and and, and trying to make the best of it and get through it the best they can. Um, so I'm not sure what's going on in London, um, but people are just, you know, um, either either going with it or not going with it. You know, people are just doing the best that they can. And, um, yeah, just doing the best they can. There has been some food shortages in, in the UK and my local area with water and toilet paper as ever and um, other food things, um, but nothing severe yet, nothing severe yet. Um, it just seems to be like water seems to get through slowly. Um, so, yeah, it's a pretty quiet area. It's... You know, there's no dead bodies dropping dead in the streets, which you would expect if it was a, a pandemic, I believe. Um, so, but also one thing I would like to say is that, I mean, th this, is, this is such basic stuff and yet it's such a, a big thing as well, especially at the moment where just because we have a different or a difference of opinion, you know, we don't need to go to war over it. We don't need to have arguments over it. We don't need to do anything. We don't need to, to even have an argument about it. We can just simply have a different opinion. And that should be a natural thing. 
it was a natural thing. And, and somewhere along the line, we've been conditioned to believe that because someone has a different opinion than us, that we need to fight and establish our opinion and, and make the other person wrong. And, and that's also one of the principles they're working on to divide us. And we really need to, co to come together and be united. Yeah, I totally agree. There's, there's a lot of ego that goes along with the human condition. And because that's, you know, what's popular, that's what, you know, uh, the, 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 the wealthy cliques of the world have to have things going their way. Um, and, and then if it doesn't, then it changes their lifestyle. So because of their lifestyle and the way that they view the world outside of somebody who's, you know, working a nine to five like you and I, you know, they don't care. They don't have empathy because they've never been in that position. They, they, they can have a, a slight understanding, but they'll never really know what it's like to make a decision whether to, you know, put gas in your car or feed yourself. You know, they never, they never understood that. So, you know, stripping everything down back to the basic minimums would be great, but I don't see it happening anytime soon. I, you know, I'm very uh, proud of the changes I see in the world, but at the rate things are going, it's going to be a few generations before we actually see the things that we we hope about and we dream about, you know, today, you know. I, I yeah, I mean, uh, I remember my granny and my granddad, and, and I remember how she used to do everything. He had a different role, but he, you know, he did just as much, but in a different way. But she was very physical, and she used to make her own butter, her own cheese. She, she came from a farming background. My, both my grandparents did from Ireland, from a, a poor farming background. So they used to make everything. They used to have their own chickens, their own cows, their own sheep, and they used to make butter and milk and cheese and all of it. And nobody ever went farther than the local village, you know. And um, or most of them, I mean, some of my relatives did go over to America and Australia, but um, but really in my granny's era, it, it was a blessing. And I think we are really starting to see that now how there's such a value in, in having a small local community where you do make your own food or, and your bread and your milk and your cheese and your eggs that are free from chemicals, where you have your own more clean water supply. And I do see us going back to our granny's era, living in small local communities, having our own food supply, having our own water, having our own clean, just, just a cleaner environment. I do see us going back to that. And, that's what we need to go back to. We need to go back to not relying on big pharma, not relying on the big supermarkets, not relying on the big chains for anything. Having a, a, a smaller community, having a, a local smaller environment where we are community-led, you know, and if we don't have something, then we can go to our local neighbours and, and see if we can get something from them. But coming away from big pharma, 
coming away from big supermarkets, coming away from, because everything has been taken us away from us. We've been made, we've been forced, we've been led down a road where we have become reliant on going get, getting water, going getting our milk, going getting our meats, going getting our bread. And then we need to work nine to five to, to pay the bills, pay the gas, pay the electric, pay all of these things. And which, <coughs> excuse me, we are, that is not a life. We are not born to, to, to work and then die. Um, sometimes no better off than when we were born. Having worked our whole life. You know, so we're going back to small local communities, and I think that's where we're going, and I think that's where we need to go, and I think that will that will become inevitable at some point because I do believe that money is going to become non-existent. I do believe that the governments will fall, all of them around the world. I do believe that um, religion will fall. And the Catholic Church has been one of the, the biggest atrocities that, that I believe um, in, in creating a divide and creating um, separation, including separation from God. And the Catholic Church has a lot to answer for. The Pope has a lot to answer for. And I think we need to just let go of, of the idea that we've been sold to that and stop looking outside of ourselves for the answer, whether it's a doctor, whether it's a priest, whether it's a shaman, whether it's a psychic, whoever it is, including myself, we need to stop looking outside of ourselves for the answer and start looking inside of ourselves and connecting to that piece of ourselves that has all the answers, that divine spark, that innate soul essence within all of us. We all have that. We are all divine beings of God. We are all children of God. And we've given away our power for far too long. We really have. And, and there's so many different aspects of what's going on now. So many different aspects. But the main thing is, the root of it is, that we are on the precipice of a mass awakening, a mass consciousness upgrade, you know, shifting up into a higher dimension in a higher into a higher frequency where none of this stuff in the 3d actually matters doesn't matter at all this is the matrix this is part of the matrix that we are born into and and led to believe that that if you can't see it if you can't touch it if you can't taste it if you can't smell it it's not real when actually the very opposite is true we come from spirit we come from spirit spirit created itself first and we came from that and that is how energy works we were first in spirit and we created ourselves into the human form yeah i i think that more you know more educational um i'll say options it should be a bigger light shined on the different aspects of life uh besides that you see like on certain social media sites and and youtube and i think that if more people actually got out of their own way and got out of their own head then you would have more enlightened people and without that you wouldn't you know 
you wouldn't see the change that you see today. So, you know, I appreciate you for, you know, sharing your story. It was very, very, very um, endearing. And I, I believe that, um, you know, without courageous people like you who take the time out to, you know, spread good energy and at the same time, help the fellow man, then we couldn't have the society that we have today outside of, you know, all of the negativity that you see on news and media, because it's not about that. It's about building a society. That's the way it started. And that's the way it should end, in my opinion. Thank you, Terrence. Yeah, it's, I've really enjoyed it. I've really been, um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. I'd love to come back maybe some other time and connect in with you again. Absolutely. I look forward to that, Soma. <laughs> so, um, why don't you uh, do me a favor and, you know, let the people know where they can find you. Uh, if you have any, uh, you know, uh, social media or anything like that that you want them to check out and, um, you know, any type of handles they can follow you at as well. Sure. Um, my website is thepleiadianchilds.com. Um, Pleiadian is P-L-E-I-A-D-I-A-N child.com. I have um, um, several different groups and pages on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, Noonan Carol is one of them. So it's N-O-O-N-A-N Carol. And then also the Pleiadian child. I also have a couple of groups. One is called The Great Awakening of Humanity 2020. And that's for truthers. And um, I really set that up when the pandemic started, um, just for people to share information, whatever it was. So come and join that and share whatever you want to do, whatever you want to share. I also have my YouTube um, which is Carol Noonan. And um, what else? Yeah, I also do psychic mediums and sorry, psychic mediums. I also do psychic readings and mediumship. And um, yeah, if anyone has any questions, you can always email me or connect me on, um, look me up on Facebook. That's great. I appreciate that. And I'm pretty sure. You know, once this airs, there'll be somebody to reach out to you because, you know, not everybody um, actually knows that there are other people out there that sees life the same way you do and, you know, might have had an experience that might have resonated with them and they'll appreciate you for sharing it because they'll know that, you know, they aren't alone in this. So, again, thank you for that. You're welcome, darling. And, and that's one of the the things that the negative agenda does is, is try to or indoctrinate, indoctrinate us and manipulate us in a way where we think we are the only ones going through stuff, even if it's stuff that is rare like or, or supposedly rare, like trauma or abuse. It's actually not. There's one in four people. I think the statistics are one in four people are abused or raped. That's quite high when you think of one in four people. So we need to connect. We need to start talking to each other in a very open, having open dialogues. And, um, yeah, if anyone has any questions, please email me or message me. I also have my book as well, The Pleiadian Child. Okay. 
um, and that's available on Amazon.com. This is my own. This is not um, not for sale, but this is my own author, um, author copy. Okay, I'll make sure I put that uh, that link in the description so people can check it out. Thank you. Thanks. And that actually includes a section on the channeled writings um, that they told me when I first started to channel them. So it includes um, whole sections on the information that they've given to me about our true nature, about reality, about where we came from, about who we are, about why we're here. has a lot of information on Egypt and hidden information and NASCAR lines and beneath the sphinx and um yeah there's a lot in it okay do you have a audiobook version by chance i don't have an audio but i do have a ebook okay. which i think is um i think it's three pounds 77 for the ebook i was thinking of doing an audio but um I might possibly do that in the future. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of audio books, and I think your your voice would uh, very help in coasting uh, the story along that you've written. So I look forward to grabbing a copy of that. Okay, well, I might do one. <laughs> That's great. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been your host, the Land of a Legend, a.k.a. Big T, and this has been another installment of the I Can't Make This Up podcast. That's I Can't. For K, make this up podcast. You can find me on all podcast screaming platforms. You can also reach me at Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Please, please do me a favor and follow my guest. Uh, check out her book and her website as well. I will have the links in the description below. And if you if you listen to this, make sure you follow me on all platforms or one of your liking. I appreciate your feedback and anything you liked or didn't like about my program. And if you don't like it, that's cool. Just let me know in the comments and then I'll block you. Uh, but until next time, <laughs> peace. <laughs> I can't make this up. Being the winged man got me punched in the face by this crazy chick. I can't make this up. Gave this cool old man to ride home. Now I'm harboring the fugitive. I can't make this up. Pin between the fat chick and the speaker. Now my shirt smell like her backside. I can't make this up. It's all bad because my man about to get stabbed in his hand over french fries. Bad. And I'ma let the land over legend do the rest. I'm out.